Welcome to the Who and What She Wants podcast. I'm your host, Chloe Ward, and each week I will be interviewing an inspirational female entrepreneur so that you can take away actionable tools and insights to enable you to build the business of your dreams. Whether you're first starting out building your own business, or if you have entrepreneurial dreams that you don't know how to make a reality, then this podcast is for you. Now let's get into the episode. Today, I'm super excited to welcome the incredible Lara to Pose Radio. This incredible female entrepreneur is a co-founder of The Cornrow, which is an affordable, vibrant home and lifestyle edit that puts the modern black aesthetic on the front row. Today, we are going to deep dive into Lara's entrepreneurial experience, and she is going to share with us how her experience has helped to define the businesswoman she is today. Welcome to the show, Lara. Thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show today. Perfect. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Chloe, and nailing the intro on what the corner is. Love it. I know there's always a lot of pressure on that as well because it's so easy to get tongue tied where it's me basically monologuing. <laughs> so I'm perfect. glad I didn't mess up. I have to admit, I did do one the other day and it took a couple of takes. So I was quite <laughs> glad to get that one as a hole in one. <laughs> I thought we'd just kick off the in- well, I thought just to kick off today, it would just be amazing if you could give us some background, sort of just into your working experience and how your journey has led you to found the Cornrow. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. Um, so yeah, in terms of my professional experience, I've always worked at uh, different and advertising at various uh, media agencies. Um, and yeah, I've been doing that for the last like seven or so years. I remember um, when I graduated, I was part of that graduation cohort that graduated into a recession um, and I remember it being really difficult to find a job and originally I'd always wanted to work in marketing at like one of those big brands like Procter & Gamble, Unilever, L'Oreal but they have all these really tough grad scheme recruitment programs I remember just like failing at all of them to be honest um, and I kind of just kind of lucked out with this role at an agency which was an ad agency was something I didn't really have any awareness of in terms of that there was this group of like middlemen between brands um, and their marketing budgets and basically these agencies that help advise them on how to use it Um, and so it was something I fell into but as soon as I did I was really mesmerized by the industry I I started as a role as a digital um, a digital media planner and I remember just being completely floored by all the things, all the metrics that you could track in terms of like when you see a ad, when you see a web page load, and if someone clicks on an ad and then goes to your site or, or whatever it is that like you can tell where they hovered over the ad, what they looked at, what they didn't like, what it like. I was just floored by all those metrics, and it kind of really appealed to me. I just like yeah, fell into this job and ended up really really liking it. Um, and I think one of the things I felt about working at the media agencies that I have worked at and that I work at at the moment is that I work with a lot of huge brands. So Ikea, Cadbury's, P&G, like all these like multi-million dollar internationally known brands. Um, And I've always felt like it didn't really feel the same as helping to see something grow. Like obviously when you're working with people who have millions of dollars of budget to spend and doing every single type of advertising possible and making sure that everyone in the world knows about their product, it's it's harder to feel like the difference that you're making than when you're working with something that's like a complete startup business. Um, and so it's always been of interest to me to try and get that experience of like 
growing something from nothing into something. Um, and it was something I was trying to do more traditionally in terms of just moving into a role that was at a, a smaller brand, a smaller company and helping to make it grow. But it just did, didn't really come up organically. And then the opportunity to start something with my sister was just like, well, yeah, I, I've always wanted to have this. Um, I'm really interested to get this kind of experience. And I didn't kind of wanted to um, the the option of doing that with a brand that we were building ourselves was just yeah something I couldn't um like once we started to ideate on the idea it just got too exciting and we just knew we had to do it oh, that sounds so exciting when did you guys first start having conversations about starting a brand together uh that's an interesting question um I feel like we've had conversations about it for like the last I'd say like two or three years um just where we felt like oh there needs to be um there needs to be a brand that helps to curate the products from different black owned businesses I think it's something we and my sister have always noticed um just in terms of yeah I guess to go into reasons like why we started it like there was it was kind of twofold like one was we felt like we saw a lack of representation in kind of mainstream brands like think about big fashion brands you might see that you know one season like African fabrics or whatever it is might be in and you'll get a cool top in an African fabric and then the next season it's out or even just representation in terms of the types of products that are available like if I go into Boots it's only recently that they stock like hair care for, for Afro hair um and you know products that suit somebody like me so we've always felt that there was this gap to have something that felt slick and felt cool um that kind of curated all these different businesses with the with a black person in mind um so that was kind of that's a yeah something that's always been milling about in our heads over the last two or three years but it wasn't actually until this year and lockdown and I actually ended up getting like stranded at my sister's during that first lockdown back in April that it was like okay well I'm here um you're here like let's actually just use this time and actually get this site started um and so that's like in terms of when we actually started working on it working on it it was really just this April um and I think the other thing that's interesting is that obviously when we as I said we started ideating on this like two years ago or so and just saying oh wouldn't it be cool if we were to do something like this um with everything that's happened this year and the, and the George Floyd tragedy um obviously there's just been so much more momentum for this kind of thing like you see all these lists going around for you know 10 black owned businesses in fashion 10 black owned businesses for beauty or whatever it might be like there's so much more momentum around it um and so that also actually ended up making our job even easier like when we're trying to find people brands to stock on the site this um like all of the things that were happening culturally were actually helping us do that and now there are like actually quite a few other brands doing a similar thing to us like we feel like we offer something slightly different to others but it's just been interesting how all of that has just come together like come all together um sadly due to the the George Floyd tragedy Mm. see Ma, I, I really believe in divine timing and it definitely sounds like with everything that's kind of gone on and the fact that this been it this has been in the pipeline perhaps for the last couple of years it almost is divine timing that all this sort of fell into place this year for you guys mm. especially the fact that you ended up sort of stranded at your sister's like mm -hmm. I'd assume that that was quite 
an unusual situation in itself. Obviously, this year has been super unusual for all of us. And I suppose that in itself was almost like um, a miracle as such, you know, that you guys were together and had the time to actually put your brains together and be able to launch this incredible business. So, and also it's just having the time, isn't it, as well? It can be so difficult when you're running, you know, working a full-time job to then also be launching a business. Exactly. It's just, yeah, it was bizarre. Like, honestly, like, when else would I have spent three months staying at my sister's except in the world case of a global pandemic, basically? Like, it's, it's sad that it took that for those to be the conditions. Um, and then also, like, with the, with the pandemic, my job actually got put down to four days a week, which meant I had this extra like free day basically to spend purely on on working on the corner um so it's just yeah this was one of the it's, it's one of the reasons I feel a bit guilty about how actually positive I feel about this year in some ways like, obviously it's been such a horrible year for so many people so many people have lost their jobs so many people are struggling or lost loved ones um and it's just been like yeah for me like managed to start my dream business and it's just like I'll always look back at this year as as a success for that reason um but yeah just it's a a difficult year isn't it I think the trouble is with this year um I personally the way I see it because I've interviewed most of the women I've actually interviewed on the podcast quite a large majority have actually started up their businesses this year even against all the adversity that's Mm -hmm. been going on in the world Mm -hmm. and personally the way I see it is just that I feel like the news is so sort of contaminated with negativity Mm -hmm. and they always focus so much on the negatives that have happened this year actually it's so nice to have these conversations about positive things that have come out of this year and I really hope that if women have been affected this year and have potentially lost their jobs or been made redundant or perhaps made part-time or whatever the situation might be Mm -hmm. they can hear stories like yours and feel really inspired by it I hope so I hope so it just shows yeah there's a you can bring a positive out of any situation really um so mm, definitely how is it working with your sister uh it's been it's been great it's like it's funny we're quite um we're, I'm just we're, we're very similar I think in a lot of ways I think that's what helps us is that we both get each other's aesthetic like we I guess we like the same things um and so we both have complete trust in each other like when you know like my sister has two kids so she's often busy like having to do stuff with them especially with um when schools were closed and the kids were like home full time and um so she has like complete faith in me like if I want me to jump on a call with a new brand talk them through the proposition and want to get them recruited onto the site like she knows that like that we were both on the same page I guess with everything and so we can kind of tag team and make sure um we both don't need to be everywhere at the same time like we can split the work which is which is really nice and I think working with a sister there's always just that level of honesty that I feel like you can only get to with family as well where you can be like no really don't like that you can just call stuff out or you know you don't need to worry about hurting anyone's feelings like you kind of bounce back a lot quicker from all of that kind of stuff so for me like my sister really is the dream business partner she's also um has a complete different skill set to me like she used to work in accounting and finance and so she's a very um excel um she's an excel whiz basically she does all the number crunching for the cornrow which is obviously invaluable 
Um, but at the same time, she's also this wonderfully creative person that started her Instagram, which is Cottage Noir um, as well, which is kind of what gave us a lot of momentum um, in terms of growing the cornrow. Because she Cottage Noir is basically where she blogs about her home renovation on Instagram. Um, and she's got like a really good following now. I think she's up to about 7,000 followers at this point. Um, and just people are really engaged with her and really kind of um, love the yeah love the aesthetic that she puts out there and all the history like she's like she's very good at kind of just um researching the history of like all these different types of design that do come out of Africa do come from different black businesses um and she's quite like scholarly about it I guess is probably the right word um and so she's just such a I honestly have nothing bad negative to say about her she's literally invaluable she's lovely um and it's been it's been the dream working with her she sounds like the dream business partner yeah. i'll definitely be sure as well to link her instagram account in the show notes so people can go and check out her content it sounds so cool um i think how so quite early on when you guys were starting out with the cornrow did you delegate what sort of roles were going to fall to each of you how did you split the tasks that you sort of had to get done and that you're still currently working on to this day I would we never really set out like um complete delegation of tasks I think we kind of approached everything together and then naturally there was just some things that were more native to me and other things that were more native to her so for example at the moment the way we do it there's like she does a lot of um uh, yeah both the financial management and then like our inventory management as well in terms of like when we get new brands on site and we need different um like all the SKU numbers for each and like have all this different criteria catalog for each thing so that we know exactly like what's um what's in stock like she's really great at doing that side of things whereas anything that's like website management related because I have had this background in digital like I'll tend to work more closely with like our web design team to get those any changes we need made there and like doing any like paid ads like we've started to test a few Instagram ads for example which I would run um but really like we make every decision um together in terms of um what products we want to stock like what kind of things we want to produce ourselves what kind of things we want to look for other brands to um to to get that stock in for and it's been I think it's because it's still so such early days like yeah it's, it's still a learning curve in terms of where we're both um best suited but it's just it's, it's just lucky that naturally like we have these um yeah these the different skill sets where I'm more on the digital side and she's better on the on the excel and finance end it sounds like you have such great complementary skills which is so you can't ask for more than that can you in a business partner like yes. it's the perfect combination really yeah it's, it's great um that slight sort of change of um sort of question there but um have you always wanted to be an entrepreneur I know you kind of mentioned that you almost fell sort of into your advertising career but mm. had being an entrepreneur been something that had been on the cards for a long time for you had you sort of seen it in your future how did that journey look for you yeah weirdly I'd say no I think I always thought being an entrepreneur just sounded like a lot of pressure and a lot of insecurity and I was always just like I'd rather just have my paycheck at the end of the month no question asked like the idea of being potentially responsible um 
for your paycheck and even someone else's paycheck was just a very scary thought to me so it's not something that ever really really I, I kind of dreamed about in any serious way um it was more for me it was more just that chance to be entrepreneurial within a job so like I was saying I was constantly looking for like different startups to apply to to get that kind of experience but just still you know working with a with a company um but I think one thing I felt like the older I've got and the more time I've put into my career working with other companies is that you do just start to realize that um like jobs aren't easy like especially and they shouldn't be like obviously it's good to feel challenged in a job if it's easy maybe you're not really in the right place so you're yeah you're not doing as much as you should be um but yeah for me I've always found jobs especially working agency like very very stressful it's a lot of it's a lot of pressure a lot of stuff needs to get done really quickly and I just started to realize like the more like it's a lot it's a lot of time to give away to some some other company to basically be the ones reaping all the the um the rewards and the profit and stuff and it's you start to think like I could just be putting this into my own thing and um hopefully be hopefully it would be more lucrative because really until you get to those really senior exec level CEO board suites like it's 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 a grind um and yeah it's a lot of your own yeah it's a lot of time invested and imagine just being able to put that into your own thing that you own and you can kind of have final say on and like yeah once you start questioning the kind of decisions that you see more senior people in your company making and you're a bit like oh I don't really think that what that was the right way to go about this I don't think that you know that was the right decision and just feeling like there's the only way to be that one making those decisions is to go go out and start your own thing so I think Mm, yeah it came a lot later in life for me to have that kind of interest but now I'm just Mm. now I'm all for it like I think it's something good for everyone to have in the back of their mind to always just be thinking like what what is it that I could do that would give me some freedom from freedom from the corporate world yeah definitely it's so interesting what you said actually something you said really resonated with me that you said it was kind of a bit later in life that it it dawned on you that actually being an entrepreneur could be of interest Mm. because I kind of had a similar journey myself in that when I started out my career I was almost so grateful to have been able to start my career as it was in the field that I wanted to and kind of work my way up but I felt like the older I got as well I started to kind of notice the flaws Mm -hmm. in working in the Mm -hmm. corporate world and how perhaps I wasn't completely aligned with it and especially the older I got I almost felt like it was trying to fit a square peg into a round hole kind of situation you know and it's almost like the older you get you outgrow it exactly um I know you also mentioned that sort of within your advertising role that it often can be quite stressful Mm -hmm. I know this is obviously something that a lot of people battle in their sort of day-to-day work and life these days have you got any tips or anything at all of how to kind of overcome stress within your workplace uh good question I feel like for me there's two sides to it one is that I feel like I do run on stress in it to a certain extent like I've noticed that Mm -hmm. by myself but I will look for reasons to stress me out sometimes and so that's something that I just feel like if you're a person like that you just need to work on like I've started to use all these apps like um calm and uh what's the other one headspace that help you kind of 
you know talk you through um some meditations to help ease like stress and anxiety which i which i do find really great um but i think the other angle of it is just to just not get overwhelmed by things i think i have written like on several like little sticky notes all around um on my laptop and in like my notes app on my phone and stuff is just at least in my case it's only advertising um like sometimes i the amount of like emails i get with like the red flag like urgent 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 like what what's going on with this and then i'm just like this is literally about an ad like it it doesn't like if this ad goes live today or it goes live tomorrow it really makes no difference to the brand scheme of things like there's no point um like yeah killing yourself for it because it, it will all get forgotten in a week's time when you're on to the next thing you know what i mean so it's just for me it's like as long as you feel like you're doing a good like you're doing um you're giving to your job what they should what a job should be getting like a job is paying you they need to be there 100 percent. you need to be um focused but don't give it any more than that <laughs> like it's, it's, just, <laughs> it's just not worth it I, I honestly think that now like and I think that's something that's also hit for a lot of people with COVID is just that nothing is for granted like it's, especially in, in the work world like COVID hit ton of people got laid off and you know you could have been someone that was giving your weekends your evenings your everything to a job and just like that everything's like taken away from you um and it's just so important to prioritize you're just that yeah I mean it's overused phrase but work-life balance and just making sure you've got secure friendships you've got you know good relationships with people outside of the office um because yeah especially in the world of advertising it's one of those that it's so easy to be there till late every night to be you know replying to stuff on weekends like you could really give it a hundred twenty four twenty three hours a day if you if you wanted to um but what's it all for at the end um so yeah I feel like my biggest thing is perspective and it's kind of how I the lens I look through every like work challenge I get now like when things come in and somebody's like oh this is urgent because x y and z i'm just like okay but in perspective like how actually urgent is this and that's kind of how I'll triage like how how stressed i'm going to get about a certain situation this is such words of wisdom and i think it's especially relevant nowadays like you say with 2020 the way that the world has been upheaved and mm-hmm. i think definitely finding looking at the bigger picture and seeing in the big scheme of things how important actually is this issue is something that is so valuable and definitely something that if you don't already use it in your work life you should start trying to make it a priority to try and implement because I think it can make all the difference and like you say almost I feel like almost I mean I come from a marketing background um so I can kind of relate like I remember I used to get so many emails with the red flag I used to call it the red flag of doom because it honestly used to like induce anxiety for me like yeah. I'd be sat at my desk like oh no the red flag of doom mm-hmm. but actually the, the trouble is everyone always tries to shift their responsibilities onto other people mm-hmm. so in someone sending you an email of a red flag all they're effectively doing is passing the stress and the baton onto you exactly. and it's then like you say how that's you triage that thing. and how you manage that for yourself it's so thing. important that yeah oh, that was wisdom there them just basically sending that yeah that stress onto you when people do that I love that mm-hmm. that's such a good point <laughs> That's how I ended up kind of like mentally 
because for a long time honestly like it used to be my worst nightmare especially if I'd come in first thing in the morning and I'd just have this whole inbox full of emails with the red flag and I'd just be like oh my goodness what a start to the day but yeah. actually the way I started to kind of yeah. understand it in my head I thought no this is just someone passing their stress onto me and they and what they used to do as well was send it like you say it can be quite a you know 24 7 kind of industry so people would almost send these kind of emails the last thing that they did the day before mm. so it's almost like they've passed it off for the evening so they can go to sleep and kind of like think that they've passed the stress on to someone else exactly. um Exactly. but definitely great yeah. um idea and recommendation as well with the meditation app so i'll be sure to pop them into the show notes as well just in case anyone's not discovered those before yeah. um and they are definitely a great tool one other thing you just um reminded me of is as well is that i think with all these like this urgency of things and like trying to feel like you're doing a great job and getting everything done like what a boss once said to me that women are completely different in the workplace to men in that regard like if, as women we always want to like hand in like a style work and it's like look I've done it look, look I, like you know I was up till midnight doing it but I like, look it's 9am I've got it done kind of thing um and I don't think men necessarily feel that pressure in the same way um I, I, and I it's something I've noticed even just watching like men um in my career is that they're a lot better at just being like actually I guess it's maybe sort of managing expectations things and just like understanding that some things will fall through the cracks but that's because you know you weren't given the the resource to not make that happen without like you know without killing yourself basically and it's like it's okay to just be like you know I see this is urgent but because of x y and z I'm gonna be able to do the first half of this task but not the second half and you know you're gonna have to deal with that um and just not feel bad like I beat myself up so much if I send something in that I don't feel is like a hundred percent what they asked for even though I know they only gave me 24 hours to do the ask where it's like well no just send something in that's that's 70 percent and say because you only gave me 24 hours this is why it's 70 percent do you know what I mean like it's just mm. don't feel yeah don't kill yourself doing it basically definitely how do you feel it differs when doing work for the corn road do you still sort of put yourself under quite a lot of pressure to get everything perfect or and how do you obviously I know you work quite a few suppliers and things how do you manage expectations with them I think um with the corn I guess it's so much easier because it's just so it's it's natural to me I think in terms of working with suppliers um and other brands I think the main thing for us has just been the honesty and the integrity piece and that's something where I feel like Kemi was, was Kemi's my sister um was really good about like it was it's it was very scary starting it and just we were basically cold calling a lot of different suppliers um to say like hey we're starting this new brand this new online site called the cornrow um for, with modern black aesthetic we think your brand's great like will you stock with us and it's you know coming out of nowhere nobody's heard of you like it's a big ask for a lot of people to just say you know provide us stock but I think we were always so honest about our vision and what it was you know what the reality really is like for example us our, our warehouse is is basically our, our parents basement like that's where all our stock is kept and where it all gets shipped out from um and you know we're not pretending like we got some with running some big warehouse unit somewhere in, in the middle of England that's sort of shipping out our stuff. Like it's, it's, it's a family run business and we've been 
um just yeah very honest not to I guess overhype or overpromise ourselves to some of the brands that we're working with in terms of what we can achieve and what's realistic and I think that seemed to have really helped like we thought we'd get laughed out of the room so many times asking brands to just you know send us some stock and we'll list it on the site one day when it goes live and you know this is back in April and we didn't launch till October and we're getting all this stock in um so it's a, it's a big piece of trust but if people feel like you're being honest with them and they buy into your vision um and also if you work with people that you respect like every brand that we have on site like we did a lot of research around we really love their product like we can have you know we, we can talk to those the owners of those brands for hours about like you know about how much we love their stuff and where we see things going and it's so much easier when it's yeah when it's honest I guess mm, definitely I couldn't agree more when you were kind of first going about finding brands to work with did you already have a list that you kind of collated over the years or did you have to go from complete scratch we had we had a short list I'd say like there's definitely brands um like one of my favorite brands that we list on stock is this uh designer called Kazvari made it and she does lots of um pop culture style illustrations that she prints onto wrapping paper tea towels chopping boards what's like whatever it is you name it but her just her illustration style is really cool and I remember just like as soon as I'd come across that brand just being like there needs to be a place like that just curates all these brands that are cool like this like I know if she exists I know that there's more out there I just don't know about them um so yeah, we definitely started out with a short list that we just pinpointed. But like I said, it just got so much easier to find them um, because like that hashtag of like black owned brand, for example, became so much more used and so much more talked about that um, it was once we started talking to brands and they would tell us about other brands as well, like the list just grew and grew and grew. Um, so it was, yeah, I, I feel like that process of, finding brands was easier than it could have been and also just really inspiring because I think one thing is we knew we I didn't quite realize just how many of these amazing small businesses were out there um which is I guess the I guess which is the sad thing really like these businesses that do have really great products have really great great um packaging and branding and everything but just don't have the same resource system as your your main like high street brands and so you just don't hear of them and um like that's yeah exactly why we want the cornrow to be there to be that like to be that place um that has name recognition um and that can list all these wonderful brands that we found that are hard are sadly still hard to find Mm, you have such a gorgeous curation of products as well on the site um I was actually having a little browse before we started our interview today and I just was almost like so awestruck by your curation of products it literally works so well together as well got some absolutely gorgeous pieces on there so obviously I'll be sure as well to link your website in the show notes so everyone else can check that out after they've finished listening today but um out of interest so had you and your sister had kind of any buying experience before because you you've got such a great eye for product like no that's the thing we don't um like none at all and that was what was quite scary as well when we were listing like there's some products that we have like bought or produced ourselves and 
it's obviously so hard to know like what quantities to do things in when you just when you've never you haven't made a sale yet you don't know if it's going to be one sale or 10 sales or 100 sales um and it's yeah it's it's that's been one of the trickiest parts of, of the job but definitely don't have any experience as I said it's mainly just from stuff that we would we value in our lives like my sister was renovating her house at the time so it was stuff that she might have come across and thought like yeah like why did I have to research like weeks and weeks to find this cool um this cool like wallpaper or this great like plant pot or whatever it might be um like we need to just curate all this stuff in one place you've done such an amazing job of it honestly like such gorgeous products um what do you think have been your biggest challenges so far on your journey since you've started your company and sort of as an entrepreneur? Uh, for us, I think it's been the lack of, I guess, yeah, the lack of retail experience. It was very scary for us um, with just not having any really understanding of how all that ship fulfillment and yeah, shipping and delivery process would would work like our site is hosted on Shopify which makes things a lot easier but the thing that we kept saying was just like we don't know what we don't know um and it's been a real like nightmare trying to figure out things like like shipping and how do you how do you manage that cost like we started out doing free shipping at, at 20 pounds for example and then we realized like oh gosh that's actually really hurting us um in terms of like it's eating into like what our profit margin should be and so like we've since we raised it 25 now it's 30 like there's just all these things that you don't think about um when it comes to like how much it actually costs to get a product in a package like we have like our own corner branded packaging for stuff that we like to use um and like we want all our packaging to be eco-friendly as well so it's just it's you know there's there's a these unforeseen costs I guess um that you need to figure out the best way to manage um and I think that as well as the what I was saying about the stock situation of like do we order 20 of these or 200 of these um and in most cases we were really conservative and would literally do like you know just have like 10 or 20 of a certain product in our in our stock room and it's 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 hard because it gets annoying when you know half the stuff on your site is out of stock we think that's a really bad experience but at the same time you don't want to be left with a ton of like 100 products that you can't sell um and so like we're still kicking ourselves in some situations where we only bought a small quantity of stuff and it sold really quickly and like we've gone to back to the wholesaler and it's like not available anymore and we're just like kicking ourselves like why didn't we do more but i think it's better to have the problem of like sold out stuff than to have the problem of too much stock um so that's still a learning for us even as we try and think about 2021 next year is like how much yeah inventory do we want to invest in basically and you know like not have too much that's as a sunk cost when there's still things to think about like marketing costs and you know we have a graphic designer that designs a lot of our um the products that we develop as well and so it's yeah it's, it's a real um it's an ongoing learning curve i guess to just manage inventory management with all the other all the other costs that come into running the business 
Mm. I think what's so great with what you said there, though, um, you've almost been treating everything as like a lesson learned, if I've sort of understood it correctly, mm-hmm. which I think is just the best mindset to have as an entrepreneur. And I think whenever you are launching your own business, I, I actually think it's really healthy to put your hands up and say that you don't 100% know how to do every element of your business and sort of learn on the job. I think that's a really brave thing to be able to do. So hats off to you both to just sort of getting on with it and, you know, working things out as, as you go as well. Yeah, yeah, I think. And that's what everyone says about starting a business, that like you can spend so much time planning and trying to get every single little last detail right but you'll find you'll just you just never start like at a certain point you just have to press go and just go for it and just see what happens um like one of the things we say about this year for us anyway like having launched in november is that we just we're seeing this year i guess as like a proof of concept like you know we've done stuff in in the the most conservative way possible um in terms of like how much we've been in invested in our website which and thank you so much for saying it's great but there's still like so much more that we wanted to do on it that we're like okay that's like a phase two thing let's just be as conservative as possible right now and it's like we just wanted to prove that there is an interest or is some kind of demand for what we're doing and now that we know that um we can be even more um ambitious for for 2021 sounds like you've got some amazing and super exciting things to look forward to in 2021 and following on just kind of from what you were saying there it actually links in with one of the mantras that I've kind of had to keep repeating to myself this year since I started my own business and that was just progress not perfection I think it's just so key because Mm -hmm. I myself and I know you kind of mentioned it from some of the things we've been chatting about on this interview but I'm such a perfectionist with stuff and I think it's such a hard hurdle to overcome when you are starting your own business to sort of swallow the bitter pill that not everything you do is going to be perfect from the offset but actually just taking the action is good enough for now you know like you should be proud of that and that is an achievement in itself exactly so thank you for being so honest and kind of open about your experience I think that will just be so inspiring to the women listening that are wanting to start their own businesses to know that they don't have to plan you know for years in advance and that actually you can just get going and have success with it exactly you definitely can and I think with everything the way things work now as well with so much being online um it's it's easier than ever I think really to to start something like all these things like Shopify, Squarespace, all these tools that make it really easy to build a website yourself if you wanted to, um, you know, like Facebook and Instagram, it's, it's it's easy to, you can get somewhere organically, like you don't need to um, start with loads of advertising investment. Um, if you don't have that, like most businesses don't when they start, we're the same, like you can grow organically. So I, I do appreciate like how democratized um, things have got in terms of being able to start well I guess it depends what kind of business but a lot of businesses I think it's, it's it's easier now so it's better to just have you know get it going and start somewhere and then you start to see and learn um as well from how well things are going the feedback you get from people I've been really impressed by how often people actually do feedback to us and say um like they had a great experience or sometimes it's like oh we don't like this about your website like this this didn't like this was a bit glitchy for me Um, And then you can, you know, you can um, take feedback back and improve your product, basically. So it's better to start with something and start learning than try and plan to perfection and fall short because you don't have the 
have the resources needed to be perfect from day one. Mm, definitely and like you say it's so great the opportunities that are there for us now in terms of technology and the different resources that are actually out there for us to use um it's such sort of a great time to be able to launch your own business just because there is so much and so much opportunity out there if you're sort of willing to put the work in and either learn or outsource or do what you need to do basically just to get your head around the different systems that are out there um what does a typical working day look like for you at the moment laura so for me it's I'm still working so I still have a proper nine to five job um Mm -hmm. so and which I really love as well I recently changed uh, my job a couple of months ago um and that's at an agency still working at an agency but it's a different one from before and so you know that's definitely takes up quite the most of my like day I guess and then I basically log on for a second shift um, at about 6.30 once I've finished my normal job to to work on the cornrow and working on the cornrow can be anything from updating like our Shopify um, system with new products that we have in and getting them listed onto the website or briefing our designer for things that we want to design for the for the week ahead um, and also of course talking to different brands like we still reach out to new brands like on a weekly basis and you know promote the corner to them and try and get them to be on the site so they'll often have a brand call as well in the evening wow that's amazing do you find it quite hard to kind of switch between the two and do you take kind of a bit of a breather in between before you get going with the cornrow work I don't it's to be honest like it's <laughs> and it's something I'm struggling with like I that's why at weekends I feel like I'm just dead like I, I I'm very um uh lazy by the time it gets to the weekend but it's just I think also it's a bit harder because of the um the time difference as well by the time it's six o'clock for me it's getting late in the UK so I really do need to jump straight on if I want to be able to to speak to my sister and talk through what's happened on a certain day um so it's yeah it's hard I basically I don't eat dinner till a bit a lot later in the evening and stuff like that but it's also just this is still really early days so I feel like I'll figure it out a bit better soon um but right now I'd I'd say it's pretty flat out like eight to six on my job and then six to six to ten working on the corner and then having some dinner before bed wow that is such a great work ethic though and I think you know you should be really proud of that and that I get are you do you find that because you're so passionate about working on the cornrow do you find that it's I don't want to say easier to work on it in the evenings but do you find like you're in flow a lot more when you're working on the cornrow perhaps versus working in your day job uh yes that like definitely like it never feels hard I guess working on the Mm. corner like there's definitely stuff that's frustrating like there's stuff we wish we'd had ready basically for Christmas or like wish we'd had more time to do whatever it might be but it's always um like I guess yeah me and my sister have like laser focus on what it is that we want to achieve and where we're going so it just always feels really natural like once I log in at six it's I know what I'm doing it's not as I don't feel any like anxiety around it I guess it's just getting it done um which is which Mm. is really nice it's an interesting common thread between the women I've spoke to, actually, because um, some of the 
the women I've interviewed previously are kind of working full-time jobs and they're running their businesses in the evenings and at weekends and things like that. Mm -hmm. And it's just sort of a common thread that's so nice to hear that where everyone is so passionate about their businesses, even though it is work, it almost doesn't feel like work, Mm -hmm. um, which I think is a really exciting prospect if you're someone that hasn't run your own business before and you've kind of always seen work as a little bit more of a challenge Mm -hmm. and something that you've really got to like switch your brain on for. I think that's so exciting to someone to think that actually you can enjoy your job so much that it doesn't feel like work exactly yeah and like exactly and that's a privilege it's lovely having that feeling um I can, how how do you feel about that with your business like do you feel yeah it's weird to be honest I had I honestly had to pinch myself for the first couple of months I was like this is actually now my reality like I honestly almost couldn't believe it It sounds so ridiculous like I honestly almost couldn't believe it I think it was something that had been in the back of my mind for the longest time that I wanted to start my own business and it was almost like a dream like it didn't feel like it was real and then when I actually made it happen and it was like my reality I sometimes honestly would find myself like I'd catch myself during the day and I'd be like oh my goodness like I remember when I I was sat in my office or driving to work like dreaming that I'd be working for myself doing the job I'm doing at the moment like mm-hmm. how amazing and how grateful mm-hmm. I feel but um it's it is strange but I think it's so exciting as well like it really helps you get up in the morning doesn't it when you know you've got something that you're working on that you're so passionate about exactly it does and then and the winds feel so good like every time like Shopify is amazing it does um every time we get a sale it makes this little like ka-ching noise on your phone and it's, just, like, it's the loveliest sound ever like honestly every time like yay um, I actually recently launched a candle brand with my dad of all people um uh-huh. and we literally launched a few weeks ago and I we use shop, uh, Shopify as well for that and I actually ended up putting my phone on loud just so I could hear the kachings <laughs> just because I was so excited when we launched <laughs> so I can completely relate um it is definitely very exciting where do you kind of see the cornrow in your business going in like the next five years what are your goals for the future uh to my goals I think one of the major ones is definitely on the on the name recognition front like we're still tiny we've got 2,000 followers on Instagram there's like a long way to go and I think I I look at um not on the high street as kind of an example brand of somebody who did something very similar in terms of connecting independent businesses um and kind of playing in that gifting space as well um but just having that that name recognition really is where I hope in five years time for like adults 25 to 55 in the UK um, I hope there's pretty decent penetration of the brand just in terms of like just in terms of knowing it like oh yeah I've heard of the cornrow like regardless of whether these everyone's actually on it or not I, I really want to get to that stage where we're just we feel like a known um, a, a known brand and we've got a lot of plans um, in terms of PR for next year to hopefully help get us there um, and I think the other part of it for me would also just be in terms of the brands that we stock. Um, there's lots more, I guess, that I hope that we manage to bring on to site in the next five years. Like we're working with a lot of smaller um, independent brands right now, which is amazing. Like that will always be a big part of what the corner is. But there's also like 
an element of me that wants the the wants some of the the huge brands as well. Like for example, if if we're stocking Fenty skincare in five years time, like I know we're doing something <laughs> right. Like so, it's that kind of I want that recognition from the from the major players as well for them to want to feel like the cornrow is a place they'd want to stock, um, to stock their product. Um, I have no doubt in my mind at all that you'll definitely get there. I have to say as well from from kind of like having a look on your Instagram, I've been following your Instagram and having a look on your website earlier, I can definitely see you've got such strong brand identity, which I think especially when you're starting out is such a great asset. Like from going between your social media to your website, I could, I knew 100% it was the same brand, which I think is so strong, um, especially when you're starting out because sometimes it can be hard to nail your brand identity, I mm. think. I don't know if you'd agree, but especially when you're starting out, whereas I feel like you guys have already got that you know you've you've done such a great job with that already so I can just see it going from strength to strength yeah I hope so thanks for saying that and I have to shout out our digital person Emmanuel um who works he, he started his own like consultancy I guess called sorry digital um so he was the person that built our website and cre- created those the colorful like brand assets that you see on our Instagram and on our on our website as well and it was just honestly that I got in touch with him through a friend of a friend of a friend, like, you know, when you're kind of mm. asking around, like, who knows how to build websites and somebody pointed me in the touch of, and put me in touch with Emmanuel and we had a call with him and, you know, and someone just gets it, like, as soon as we told him, like, what our vision was um, and that we wanted to be something cool and colourful, like, we feel like there's a lot out there that's playing in that, like, more minimalist space or like just very slick black and white like we were always like no we want to be all about color and vibrancy um but also for it to feel like it's inspired by Africa too with like the the geometric lines that we do um and he was just yeah he he just got it and literally like what he came back with in the first round we we basically loved it didn't take it's something that could have taken so much back and forth in so many iterations um so I'm just so it's just yeah serendipitous that we got put in touch with him and he just it's it's amazing to when you could when you talk to somebody and they are able to put your words into color and into design I, I just think it's fantastic and yeah he mm-hmm. did it I think he's he's done such an incredible job I think especially as someone that comes from more of a, like a kind of marketing creative background usually the clients that have their strongest brand vision are the ones that it's easiest to create assets for and sort of create the, the visual brand identity for so it's definitely a testament to you and your sister as well that you obviously got such a strong brand vision that for him he could just you know got it straight away and it, it, no questions asked you know yeah. like that's incredible yeah okay. I think, yeah I'm so happy with it and yeah, I'm just, this is just so nice to hear you say that. I love that people are taking well to it because it was, it's such a big part of success branding. I think one thing, um, yeah, I, I think everyone, no, nobody would like deny that. Like any great brand you think of, you can instantly kind of visualize them and see their brand look and feel like in your head. And you need to make that connection with consumers. Like, no matter what your products are, like how great your products are, if you have a if you have quite a weak brand identity, it's just it's not going to do any favors, and you're going to lose um, customers because people want to buy into something that they feel is cool and feel is nice, and, um, and yeah, and there's a it's not something you should 
what's the word compromise on really that you need Definitely. to get right no 100% and I think especially on social media where it's so oversaturated and obviously you are competing against well everyone pretty much mm-hmm. you know other brands just regular users that just posting pictures of their dogs and things yeah, like yeah. that you know it's hard to stand out from the noise and you I think the way that you do that is by sort of storytelling with your brand both with your content and your visuals and I think that's something that you guys are doing really well so if anyone's looking for any inspiration of how to nail their branding I'll obviously link all the website and the Instagram page for the corner and you can you can check it out and get some inspiration um I thought we would kind of just finish off the interview with a question I asked all of my guests. So what advice would you give to all of the incredible women out there who have entrepreneurial dreams of their own, but are just a little bit too afraid to get started? Uh, I would say, especially if you're, if you, you do, you are having fear about getting started is to find a business partner. Um, it, it does vary a lot in terms of what it is you're trying to do but if it is anything similar to retail and um, yeah building a website or something or a physical space I think one thing that we just felt was just too he- like there's so much to do there's so much to think about from yeah from product and packaging to suppliers to product development to you know finances like it's, it's a lot for one person um and so if it is something where you're feeling like you don't necessarily have a hundred percent um confidence in getting going I, I honestly think a business partner is invaluable it just helps keep you motivated and keeps you um like keeps you supported like there's so many decisions to make and having somebody to bounce that off whether even if it's not even in a maybe um what's the word a completely professional um situation like say it's not a co-founder situation but just knowing that there's someone that's like a mentor there for you or someone that you really can bounce every single question that you have off and have somebody um yeah take the time to go through that with you I think that's just so important because especially if you are working at the same time it's a lot it's a lot of extra stress to put on yourself and your two heads really are better than one I I definitely couldn't have started this business um without my sister or rather or if I or I feel like if I had started it without my sister it would not look how it does now and I don't think it would be anywhere near as good um so I hope she listens to this episode (laughs) (laughs) I think she'll love it I it's funny actually I couldn't agree with you more and I've kind of gone back to front on this so I started out by myself completely by myself and actually ironically for 2021 something I'm looking to do I'm sort of speaking with potential business partners Mm -hmm. and um, I have actually recently hired a business coach and okay. I'm sort of looking to build up a little group of mentors. So it's really interesting that you say that actually, because I feel like I kind of had to learn the hard way mm. of trying to do everything myself. And honestly, like, even though I've only been doing it since the beginning of this year, I was honestly starting to feel a bit burnt out and uninspired. Mm. Um, so that is such brilliant advice. And I really hope that people will take that on board and will will really listen and act on that because even if perhaps you know you don't have you feel like initially you don't have anyone to perhaps be a business partner with but there's so many great spaces out there I don't know if you sort of worked um had a look on any of them yourself but there's quite a good few number of membership platforms for female entrepreneurs and things um 
I'll link a few in the notes, but if you're kind of getting started and you feel like you've not got anyone in mind who'd make a good business partner, it can just be kind of like a great place to start mm -hmm. just to hang around some of these Facebook groups and stuff. Um, just because there's so many inspiring women in there and I feel like it's good to surround yourself with people you know Definitely. that are like-minded especially when you're starting out which is something that I'm so grateful to be able to do this podcast to speak to incredible women like yourself like it literally inspires me so much and it makes me think that it kind of like almost fuels me to like I almost have loads of ideas now that I want to do for my business from speaking to you uh -huh. um so you've really inspired me so I'm sure you'll inspire everyone that's listening today as well um but that pretty much kind of wraps up the interview today so thank you so much Laura for taking the time to chat with me honestly I've really enjoyed our conversation and I think it's gonna be such a great inspiration to all the women that listen to the podcast um I'm gonna link all of your Instagram handle and your website in the show notes but for anyone that's kind of wanting to have a look now so the Instagram handle is at the cornrow so I'll also be sure as well to link your sister's home account as well just because I'm sure everyone will want to have a little look at that but um thank you so much Laura really really appreciate it and I've loved speaking to you today perfect thank you so much Chloe thanks for having me that was that was fun that was a good one yay <laughs> thank you Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode and want to keep up to date with the latest Who and What She Wants podcast episodes, then please follow our Instagram page, which is at the handle at Who and What She Wants podcast, or hit the subscribe button now. We hope to see you again soon.